0: My name is Joseph Carlson, and this is episode 157 of Gaming with Grief, and I'm calling this episode, How Long to Grieve. But I want to remind you guys that this podcast will hit my website, www.gamingwithgrief.com. Monday morning at 7am, please go there, leave a comment, let me know what you think of the show, or you can go to Apple iTunes, the Google Play Store, uh, Spotify, or now I'm putting the old audio up on YouTube, and I will be doing that until I get caught up with the current episode. So go to those places, please like and subscribe. Give me the stars and things like that, and let me know what you think of the show, or if you have a game or something you want me to to look at or think about, or you know have what have you. You can also find me on Twitter at justlittlejoe So go there. Um, I'm getting better about promoting the show. You might have seen some tweets about me sharing old episodes. I think I'm up to uh, episode one hundred and twelve, and I'm doing one every day except for Saturday. Until I get caught up to the current episode So um, this um, this episode is weird like Because I remember last week I talked about I was going to Talk about Portal 2 uh, That I was playing that, which I'm still playing it I'm almost done with it But something came to into my lap Through another audio podcast list to that I mentioned on the show before It's called uh, Terrible Thanks for Asking With Nora McInerney She was also sent an article by the New York Times uh, And uh, like I said I'm going to do something a little bit different That I don't really do i am going to read sections of this article uh called how long should it take to grieve psychiatry has come up with an answer and the violence of the latest edition of the dsm-5 sometimes known as the psychiatrics bible includes a controversial new diagnosis prolonged grief disorder that's right prolonged grief disorder now here i just want to say something before i continue to um talk about this article and read it in full I kind of went up and down, one listening to Nora McInerney, she had a psychiatrist on, I did not write that person's name down, I apologize, but you can find that episode, um, they don't really go by numbers, they call it something, they call it, like they, they, they do what I used to do, anyway, go there, Sephora so Terrible, thanks for asking if you want to hear about different people's experience going through grief every, every week, uh, Nora has different people on from all over the US and all over the world talking about grief, some of them have personally experienced grief. Uh, and they kind of run the gamut through grief, whether it be a divorce or losing your job or you know, your best friend passes away. They're not technically a family member, but if you, anyway. There's lots of different griefs they cover on the podcast. Please go there and support that podcast. It's called Terrible Thanks for Asking with Nora McInerney. I know the uh, thumbnail for it is yellow, so it sticks out. Um, but yeah, she mentioned this article on our latest uh, episode of her podcast, and it made me interested. So I read the article. Again, she had a licensed psychiatrist on the show to talk about what they thought. And the psychiatrist they had had actually experienced some grief. And um, some pretty terrible grief. And uh, I think when I was reading this, I, I've read it twice. I've sat uh, with it for a while. I've tried to process how I feel about it. And I, I, I go up and down. In fact, I joked around to a friend. I was telling him about the article, you know, that he should read it. And then I said, you know, it's weird, I feel like I've gone through the five stages of grief just reading uh, this article. And so um, it was uh, terrible uh, to, you know, read this article and, and feel mad, feel happy, feel angry, have understanding, like all that kind of stuff. So before I, uh, you know, that, that's kind of a, for the intro, but I just want to set it up. Like, I don't know, I, I'll, I'll talk about at the end how I feel about this article. But I want to read like the opening paragraphs, talking about it a bit, and then I'll kind of scan through the article a little bit and kind of tell you how I feel about certain things. Um, this is written by Alan Berry and it was published on Mar- March March eighteenth, twenty twenty-two. So only a few days ago. It was updated on March twenty-fifth, twenty twenty-two. So yeah, um, yeah, a few months ago, I should say, not a few weeks. Um, it starts out after more than a decade of argument, psychiatry's most powerful body in the United States added a new disorder this week to its diagnostic manual. Prolonged grief. This, the decision marks an end to a long debate within the field of mental health, steering researchers and clinicians to view intense grief as a target for medical treatment and a moment when many Americans are overwhelmed by loss. The new diagnosis, Prolonged Grief Disorder, was designed to apply to a narrow slice of the population who are incapacitated, pining and ruma- ruminating a year after a loss, and unable to return to previous activities. It's inclusion in the Diagnostic and Statistics Manual of Mental Disorders means that clinicians can now bill insurance companies for treating people for the condition. Now, I want to stop right now. I'm not going to read every word of this article. I kind of went back and forth doing planning this episode. Should I read the whole article? Maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. I think I I won't. But what I'll say right here when I read this, I thought, oh, this is strictly a machination of business for psychiatrists. Not in a bad way. People are doing a job. They need to get paid. I know when I go to my therapist that he's providing me a service. So maybe this was something on the back end where because it wasn't in the DSM um, maybe they weren't, maybe psychiatrists weren't getting the amount of money that they should be getting for these. Like when things are clearly in the DSM you may be able to point to something to an insurance company go, well I'm treating PTSD, I'm treating uh, you know, manic depressive disorder, I'm treating depression, these are all things that are in the DSM this is my rate. But maybe if you tell someone I'm Uh, Dealing somebody is sad because their parents died That's not the DSM So maybe they're like well we can only give you X dollars When really you're probably not making what you should doing it. So that's kind of what I thought So first I was like okay You know uh, of course I listened to Nora's podcast And was like I'm not that upset Uh, You know this doesn't seem to be as upsetting as it should So why don't I just continue to go on and read this And you know where do I start getting upset Uh, So here's the next part it will most likely open a stream of funding for research into treatments naltrexion a drug used to help treat addiction is currently in clinical trials as a form of grief therapy and set off a competition for approval of medicines by the food and drug administration since the 90s a number of researchers have argued that intense form of grief grief should be classified as a mental il- illness saying that society tends to accept the suffering of brief people as natural and that it fails to steer them towards treatment that could help so This is kind of a strange paragraph for me. I think this is true. Um, I've had my own experience with people, not myself, but other people that I've been trying to talk to, to, um, you know, um, deal with grief. And I'm like, how are you doing? You know, your uncle died or your brother died. And many people will just say, um, uh, you know, sorry about that. Some people will just say, oh, well, um, I'm fine. It's been a year, I'm good. You know? And so that makes you feel like you're an outlier. Um, But one thing the DSM doesn't really go into, and this we'll talk about uh, later a little bit. Well, I should talk about it now because I don't think they bring it up in the article. There is. I'm not going to talk about anybody else's grief. I'm just going to talk about my grief. There is a compounding sometimes. Like, um, people don't. I have lost more than a person, uh, you know, between 2016 and 2020. So to me, there's almost like this weird. Mental compound math equation in my head of it is a totality of loss that gets compounded upon. So how do you dig yourself out of these feelings of depression and stuff when clearly it keeps happening? Or it did for a, a, a bit of time. You, know? do you Do you have to work on each part of uh, each loss separately or something like that? I think that's something that's hard maybe in the DSM to write down. Um, and they go on to say that basically they wanted to do this um, they just would say, like, quote, one of the doctors was talking, quote, there were parents who never got over it, and that and that was how we talked about them. Colloquially, we said that they never got over the loss of their child. Okay, that's the end of the quote. But I want to say right now, w- when are you supposed to do that? Is there a time frame on, like, okay, well, yeah, I mean, my kid died, well, Um, I don't, I mean, I only had moments with my kid. Um, my friend, Ben, who passed away, he was 40 years old. We talked about him a few weeks ago. Uh, When are his parents going to stop thinking about him more? Um, You know, I don't know. It it just seems, like, really weird that... um, It seems weird that we would. It it does have this thing of, like... You know, there's there's this feeling when you deal with grief that, like, you get through it, you don't get over it, you know? Like, the idea that you... um, you just kind of won't learn to deal with what has happened you don't like forget about those people or whatever and how do you deal with that correctly how do you deal with thoughts of depression and sadness you know correctly moving on with the memories of the people that are in your past uh, i've said before you're kind of like a mausoleum at least in, in my um experience you're a little bit like a mausoleum when people die you know you have to keep their memory alive and all that kind of stuff so um yeah they go on to say that like you know it is They wanted to look at people because they thought, well, some of the psychologists thought, well, we just deal with depression and anxiety. We don't deal with grief because grief is normal. And then a psychiatrist asked, maybe we should look into that. Maybe that's something that's doing it. Um, But now, of course, there's critics um, because it's basically categorizing grief as a mental disorder, which everybody experiences grief in one way or another. Uh, again, like I said at the top of the podcast Either you go through a divorce Maybe you lose your best friend to cancer uh, Which happens to people Or maybe even your friendships go away You know um, Maybe you lose your job These are all things that are, are a form of grief That we you have to deal with You know, like um, it, 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 Grief isn't just like death and loss But like everybody will experience some form of grief In their life, so like saying it's a mental disorder That seems really strange to me This is one thing Um um you know, it's one thing that I, I, I think bothers me. Uh, that we could just easily shudder this stuff away. And I'm just gonna start with this quote. Quote, I completely completely utterly disagree that grief is a mental illness, uh, said Joan Cassatori, an associate professor of social work at Arizona State University, who has published widely on grief and who operates on Selim Care Form Retreat for Bereaved People. Quote, when someone who is quote unquote uh is a quote-unquote expert tells us we us we are disordered and we are feeling very vulnerable and feeling overwhelmed we can no longer trust ourselves and our emotions uh dr katori said to me this is an incredibly dangerous move and short-sighted um and said, don't worry about grief and this is kind of what i went into the doctors talking about like maybe we should look into grief as part of these things along with depression and anxiety and stuff like that so yeah they um, somebody else recalls grief is normal. She recalled being told but we're psychiatrists and we don't worry about grief so this isn't in the study like why aren't we looking at grief Well grief is normal um, which it is normal but like you need to have the proper tools to move on. I don't think I have seen people stuck in grief maybe I'm a little bit because I do the podcast but I've been thinking lately about how to take the things that happen to me and turn them into a positive you know it, it does make you look at life differently. Uh, having lost someone, I've talked about it on the podcast. Uh, you maybe have a little bit more empathy for people because you see how bad it could get. Um, anyway, without getting into a massive rabbit hole about that, um, in 20... Uh, I'm just continuing with the article. In 2010, when the American Psychiatric Association proposed expanding the definition of depression to include grieving people, it provoked a backlash, feeding into a broader critique, critique that mental health professionals were overdiagnosing and over-medicating patients, Quote, you got to understand that clinicians want diagnosis so they can categorize people coming through the door and get reimbursement, said Jerome C. Wakefield, a professor of social work at New York University. This is a huge presser in the DSM. So this is something else I pulled out of the article. The idea that um, you want to get billable hours. You want to get these, um, you know, drug companies will stump drugs all the time. You know, they will go and say, okay, um, you know what we're going to do is we're going to go – you know, we're, we're going to say these people are grieved, and then whatever. Uh, we're moving on, and, and, you know, we get billable hours. These drug companies are happening because we're prescribing these drugs. Everything's going well. But that really doesn't affect the symptoms of, like, uh, grief. And I'm not saying these doctors are being uh, whatever, but they are under financial pressures for this stuff to happen. So, um, yeah, I think this is kind of bad. Um, I'm just going to continue with the article. Still, researchers kept working on grief, increasingly viewing it as... as viewing it as distinct, a, a distinct form of depression and more closely related to stress disorders like PTSD. Among them was Dr. Catherine M. Scheer, a psychiatry professor at Columbia University who developed a 16-week program of psych, psychotherapy that draws heavily on exposure techni- technique used for victims of trauma. Um, yeah. And then a lot of people are saying... How, where do you cut the line off? What is prolonged? Uh, and they, they, um, they, they, um, they, they landed on a year, 12 months. They wanted to avoid public bash runs, so they wanted to say, hey, it's 12 months is the time that you are no longer um, grieved. If you are over that, if you're grieving past that, 4% of the percentile of people that they study are sad longer than a year, which to me just seems like. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, um, it takes a little bit for some people. Um, it says, quote, the, well, this is just from the article. The new diagnosis published this week in the manual's revised edition is a breakthrough for those who have argued for years that intent, intensely grieving people need tailored treatment. Uh, and someone said, it's kind of like a a Bob mitzvah of diagnosis, said Dr. Kenneth S. Kendler, professor of psychiatry at Virginia Commonwealth University, who has played an important role in the last three editions of the manual. It's sort of an official blessing in the, blessing in the world. Um, he compared it to astronomers deciding on the definition of a planet. This one's in, and Pluto will be kicked out. If the diagnosis comes into common use, it is likely to popularize Dr. Scheer's treatment, and also give rise to a range of new ones, including drug treatments and online interventions. Um, yep. I guess... So this is the positive side, I think, of this article. So I guess with it being written in the DSM, uh, now people can really start examining and say, okay, I'm, I'm studying, I, you're part of this trial, or I'm taking you on for quote-unquote prolonged grief exposure. But let's talk. I'm not saying that this uh, is good or bad. You know, hopefully doctors will have an open eye and say, I'm just going to keep an open mind. Let's talk this through, and maybe uh, that's what people need, you know. And, I've said it before, I'm a big fan of therapy, um, but make sure your therapist focuses on what you need help with, you know, don't go to a, um, my wife and I before we we found our therapist that we really liked, we went to another therapist and we went to couples counseling. Now I'm not saying our marriage didn't have problems, I'm not saying we were like fixed, but we did need marriage counseling, but we also both needed grief counseling. To me the grief was more important than the marriage counseling because those things kind of met in the middle. Once we both started dealing with some access of our grief, our marriage improved. And luckily our therapist was able to work with us to do couples therapy after the grief therapy. And it was the same therapist we enjoyed. He said, it's a little bit uh, strange. Some people don't like it. If you don't like it, that's fine. But we thought it was a great idea. We saw him separately. And then we came together as a couple uh, talking about other issues. We didn't bring up things that we said in each other's session in uh, the solo sessions, unless when it was pertinent to like an issue that both of us would hit on. that he's like, by the way, you both said this in your session. Maybe we should talk about it together. And that was really helpful in dealing with the grief and helping couples therapy. But if you have an addiction problem, you're not going to go to a grief therapist. You're going to say, listen, I have a problem with addictive drugs. I need help with addiction. So maybe this will help people and use the DSM as a tool to maybe find a therapist they need in their life to, you know, help them out or become better. Now, there's a testimonial in here about a woman who used this. Breakthrough procedure and um, Like it was like 16 sessions She felt better afterwards, it helped her But like a lot of people are saying, this is why This doesn't need to um, You know, I don't want to keep going through this I felt like I was in a dream, her brother died um, It was really good, I do I, It is weird though, I mean she's still moving Like, I don't know, it just seems weird that this It didn't hit as hard as I wanted to um, So I'm just going to read this part of the article Quote we would never put a time frame around when someone should or shouldn't feel that they have, they have to move forward, said Katrina Clemens, who oversees Victim Services Department of Mothers Against Drunk Driving, which provides services to bereaved relatives and friends. The organization encourages bereaved people to seek mental health care, but has no real role in diagnosis, said a spokesman. Philip Bernstein, I think that's how to pronounce name, whose three-year-old daughter died, after an automobile accident in 2016 said grieving people could be set back by the message and the, That their response was dysfunctional Quote, anything we inject into this journey That says that's not normal That could cause more harm than good He said, you're already dealing with someone who, who someone, with very vul- uh, someone very vulnerable And they may need validation um, the, 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 To set a year to diagnosis Is both, quote, arbitrary and kind of cruel said Anne Hood, whose memoir, Comfort, A Journey Through Grief, describes the death of her five-year-old daughter from a uh, strep infection. Her own experience said it was full of peaks and valleys and surprises. And I think that's what it is. Like, I've told my wife a lot, uh, grief hits me in waves. Um, You know, one of the things that Nora brought up with a psychologist in her episode, when I was listening to Terrible Thanks for Asking, is how much time people get in this country to grieve um, You know, through their place of work. Uh, You only get usually 72 hours or maybe five days of bereavement. You can take more time, but that's really only if you have vacation. Of course, you could take that time unpaid, but that puts you in a worse situation when you go back to work. You know, So a lot of the stuff that uh, I did with the um, grieving and stuff like that was hard because you have to cram it into a short amount of time, and that's really terrible. So that could be part of the problem, too. People don't have time to find a mental health person or do all that, so it's terrible. Um, Yeah. Then there's another testimonial talks about a woman who it took her three years to basically clean her room out, uh, her daughter's room out after her daughter died. And she said, I don't feel, you know, I just felt like I was kind of back ready to start again. I was back in the world. Now, I took that to mean that I don't think that she was cured by any means or, you know, totally on the mend. I just think she was in a place where she's like, I can deal with this now. One thing uh, Nora McInerney brought up in the podcast again was the fact that maybe uh, her father died and then I think eight weeks later her husband died of cancer. One thing she brought up was PTSD. She said, I really felt that I had a severe case of PTSD and that I didn't know what I was feeling because I was just in shock. And I feel that that's true with me. A lot of things in my grief have happened and you don't even know how to feel about them because it's been such a short amount of time. You think to yourself, oh, maybe you just dealt with one thing and then another thing happens and you're kind of back to square one, you know, with me, you know, my father dying and then my mother dying. Well, uh, my father dying and then the miscarriage and then my mother dying. Like, those are things back-to-back within, you know, a year and a half of each other that were terrible. And, you know, you have to think. Now, again, there was over 1,300 uh, responses to this. And a lot of people were saying basically everything that I'm saying in this uh, podcast was, like, how dare you put a time frame on it? Am I abnormal because uh, it's been, you know, five years and my mother died and I can't get over it? Like, what is happening? Um, all these, I think, are legitimate feelings. And I, again, would recommend people go to therapy if you uh, feel you need to talk to somebody, you know. Um, it, it is weird. And, I, and again, I, I feel that this, this article is good and bad because, one, it proves that maybe some of this, like I said at the beginning, is just a way for them to start the process of uh, studying people more, you know. Um, now they will have the financial means to do that because maybe by them writing it in the DSM, Don't get paid money, they'll be able to do studies, maybe in the next DSM. It doesn't say in there when they, I don't think it's every year, but when they maybe re-up or rewrite the rules, maybe they go, you know, like this, we need to word this differently or come up with a term or something, because this isn't really working. So, I don't know. I'm still kind of like on the fence about the horror Please go read the article. I'd love to hear people's comments, what you think of it. If you think it's crap, if you think I'm crap, if you think that... Or if you think the writers nailed it, like, yeah, get it, you know, stop. I don't know. I want to hear people's opinions. I'm definitely one of those things, like, the more I read it, like I said, I read it twice, and I, I just read it now, so three times uh, before I did this. And having a week between readings and really thinking about it, I'm like, ugh, really don't know what to think. So um, I think that's it this week, guys. Uh, thanks for listening to me ramble for about 22 minutes. Um, I want to remind you guys, though, that this podcast will hit my website, www.gamewarscreed.com Monday morning at 7 a.m. Please go there and let me know what you think of the show of this episode. Uh, you can go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. Write me a line. Let me know what you think of the show. You can also go to Apple iTunes, the Google Play Store, Spotify, or you can find the old episodes on YouTube, and they will slowly be caught up to have the current episode on YouTube. So subscribe to the places you want to subscribe to that are that's available to you, and uh, let me know what you think of the show. And uh, you can also find me on Twitter at JustSolomyo. And again, I think that's it this week, guys. And we'll talk to you again next week. Bye.